Hi friends, and welcome back to With Great People. I'm Richard Kasparowski. With Great People is the podcast for high-performance teams. This episode is a conversation with Eugene Kroloff. Eugene is Vice President of Engineering at HealthEdge. Eugene and I talk about learning short feedback cycles and inviting your actual customers to your sprint reviews. To support this podcast, sign up for my newsletter at kasparowski.com. Hi, friends, and welcome back to With Great People. Our special guest today is Eugene Kroloff. Eugene is Vice President of Engineering at HealthEdge. Welcome to the show, Eugene. Hi, Richard. It's been a while. Great to catch up with you. Thanks yeah. for having me. Uh, you're welcome. It's great having you here. So we are in my secret underground recording studio just outside Boston. Turns out Eugene lives nearby, and he decided to stop by today. Uh, Eugene, can you introduce yourself to our listeners? Absolutely. Hi, everyone. Uh, my name is Eugene Kryloff, as uh, Richard had mentioned. Uh, I am uh, managing um, one of the product lines at HealthEdge. We are working on um, claims uh, processing administration system for uh, healthcare companies. Mm -hmm. And uh, we are helping our customers transform their business, become more agile, all that good stuff. Cool, cool, cool. I've done some work with you guys. I'm familiar with what's going on there. Uh, you have a lot of really good teams there at HealthEdge. That's right. And uh, we've uh, created a few more since uh, you were working with us. Uh, we have about uh, 10 Scrum teams in uh, U.S. and mm -hmm. Burlington, a few more in Powell, Ohio. And mm -hmm. we actually have five um, teams in uh, Pune, India oh, wow, working with cool. us. Awesome. So this podcast is about high-performance teams. You've got a lot of high-performance teams at HealthEdge, and you've probably been on some really great teams in your life, either at HealthEdge or somewhere else, uh, maybe both. What do you think, you know, if you looked back throughout your whole life, what is the best team you were ever on in your life? Could be a current team, could be a past team. Uh, do you have a best team that you can identify from your whole life? I absolutely. I think it's um, you know I have actually a few, so uh, hopefully I won't offend anyone <laughs> by having to pick just one. Um, but um, I would probably go back to um, when uh, I first moved to the states, mm -hmm. and um, you know back then data warehousing was the thing, mm -hmm. and um, you know we were building high performance um, you know sort of marketing decision support databases. Yep. <clears throat> ingesting, you know, high volumes of data, creating, you know, large scale by those standards, mm -hmm. databases. So, and it was, uh, you know, a very exciting time. Um, we were all learning a lot. So that would be, um, you know, one thing that would I would mention is when you don't necessarily have all the skills on the team out of the gate, but yeah. over time you acquire those skills and you get better as a team and, you fill in the gaps where, you know, everybody sort of pitches in yeah. as much as they can, where they can. And, you know, you solve problems for the customers. And Yeah. All right. Let's, let's go back to that team. So sometimes this turns into a little bit of a guided meditation. Sure. Sometimes my guests actually close their eyes. You can decide if you want to do that. Uh, what I want you to try is to, to really bring yourself back to that team, to, to re-experience the sensations that you felt when you were working on that team. And he's thinking about closing his eyes. He, he might, he might not. Oh, yeah, there we go. <laughs> 
when you take yourself back to that 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 best time of your life, Eugene, what is one word that you could use to describe that experience? I would say learning. 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 Yep. So because uh, you know we had a lot of folks on the team that were kind of new. Mm-hmm. You know, everyone was you know very bright, but we didn't necessarily have a lot of experience yeah. doing what we were doing. So um, you know, and we had to get better very quickly because projects were on the line and yeah. things had to get done. So we were learning um, very quickly, yep. you know, every day, you know, something new was uh, um, coming up. And uh, we were also lucky to have, you know, a few senior folks to um, kind of help us mm-hmm. learn. So that was uh, um, also a big part of it, um, you know, where you do have somebody to go to for advice, for guidance, for you somebody know, to learn from. Yeah, for direction. And somebody to lead the learning. Yeah. yeah. And um, you know, that's when we kind of got involved with their, you know, sort of metadata-driven development processes, mm-hmm. code generation, you know, things like that. So you're actually, you know, learning new things, you're learning to work smarter yeah. rather than harder. And, you know, you're kind of finding ways to eliminate waste and you know kind of manual labor yeah that if that makes sense yeah totally and when you when you look back at this team do you have any ways to gauge how good the team was like do you have any any subjective sense of how how good the team was so we actually you know that was before uh, the um, you know story points and Mm -hmm. you know sort of those types of you know velocity matrix um so we just measured things by you know, are we done with the project? Are we done with the project plan? Are we done with development work? Are we done with the, with the testing work? Um, so, um, you know, there is really no quantitative data, okay. you know, in terms of the sort of intangible things. We were just, you know, delivering the, the new data set, new um, set of reports when when customer needed them yeah are you done did you deliver this is this is actually a really good objective metric of of how how good the team is doing whether the team is performing that's right uh what about um intangible things if 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 you look back at it if we asked people who were on that team if if you asked maybe leaders uh, outside the team uh what else would they say i'm curious about things that are you know at this set as well Mm -hmm. uh so we've got we've got something objective Mm-hmm. That we could that we could actually look at and measure, which would be: did they get stuff done? Mm-hmm. Did they get the right stuff done? How much stuff are they getting done? Uh, what about just like feelings that people had about the team? They would probably mention the the teamwork, right? Teamwork. Because um, you know it's really sort of when you get into the you know these development projects, you know yeah. roles get get blurred. Yeah. And if the team works well together and people pitch in mm-hmm. where they where they need to, even mm-hmm. if it's not necessarily your your direct responsibility, mm-hmm. that's um, what uh, you know gets things done, and uh, that's what people hopefully remember. Teamwork, yeah. pitching in, even if it's not your your direct responsibility, your specialty. That's right. Helping each other. You know, we had you know things like project managers running database queries oh, to cool. help us validate data because that's what needed to be done at yeah. the time. And you know, they would finish their project plans or whatever it is that they needed to do and come out of the management meetings and uh-huh. sit down at the terminal and you know help us validate a few things. <laughs> Right, right. So there, there's there's 
there's there's an example of a concrete behavior. Pro- project managers uh, actually running running scripts, doing doing queries, doing whatever it takes to help the project succeed. Were there any other concrete behaviors that, that you could share that uh, that you noticed on this team that led to their success? Yeah, I think um, you know, sort of, it was probably early, too early to call it test-driven development, mm-hmm. right? But we very quickly realized that, like, if you're gonna do something, you better know the expected result yeah. ahead of time, yeah. and you better validate it mm-hmm. before you you hand it over to the customer. Yeah, because if you just you know stream a bunch of data. <laughs> and hand it over to somebody, the chances are, if you didn't know what you expected mm-hmm. in it. Um, you know, so I'm a big fan of, you know, test-driven yeah. approaches where you, and it doesn't have to take a long time, but you come up with a small set of cases, you know, you don't run millions of records, you start with a few, you know what you expect, you test it out, you iterate very yeah. quickly. That's great. You just read yeah. my mind. I was going to ask, how do you do that on huge data sets? <laughs> That's right. And we've seen it, you know, um, repeatedly, right? Where somebody, you know, you talk to uh, someone and they say, well, how long is it going to take you to run this test? Mm-hmm. Well, it's going to be an eight hour job. And is this the first time you're running it? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So do you really want to wait eight hours before you get any kind of feedback on how well your your code is working? Probably not. So exactly. So, um, you know, that quick feedback, right? So the getting that unit test to green, yeah. getting something to work, getting that confirmation uh, yeah. was, um, you know, it still is a, is a good way to... Yep. build things uh, faster. But the silly voice in my head imagines showing up at the office in the morning and getting a cup of coffee and starting the eight-hour test and then that, putting my feet up on the desk. <laughs> that's exact. That's that's exactly right. So, and we just actually we just recently, you know, applied the same approach uh, at my current job. Mm-hmm. You know, where we have these, um, you know, long-running. Tests when you convert, you know, a million members for a health plan, when you convert yeah. hundreds of thousands of records and the pattern we put in place is during the day, we run 15 minute samples oh, great. that finish, you know, we run a thousand records, mm-hmm. run it end to end, validate it, get mm-hmm. feedback. And then at four o'clock, whatever is ready for the nightly run, we kick off a nightly job. Yeah. So faster feedback, like, faster like feedback. fifteen minute intervals versus an eight hour interval. That's right. Versus like you know, come come back to the office in the morning and see how it went. <laughs> That's right. And then um, you know, when you're ready, you know, you probably overnight, right? So the mm-hmm. computers can run while we are mm-hmm. resting. You know, you kick off the whole thing and you see how it did. You know, when you show up in the morning. Yeah. Uh, now, do you have any advice for our listeners? Like, what, what could other people do to reproduce the success of this team you've been talking about? Uh, sure, absolutely. <laughs> and it's free, too. <laughs> Great. Um, so I would say, and this is something that, that we are, you know, currently working on, right? So this is not just advice to the listeners. This <laughs> is advice to self, right? So, um, you know, concentrating on the, um, the business value, Mm-hmm. For the customer, right? So if you're building something, 
uh, we need to know why we are building it right. and how we know we are successful. Mm-hmm. Right. Because people talk about, you know, increasing productivity. You know, we need more, more, more because there's always more stuff that we can build. Mm-hmm. And we can, you know, development tools are getting better. Developers are getting faster, but there is still a limit on how much faster a person can produce sure. lines of code. Um so it's very important to work on important stuff that matters and not spend um, precious cycles on stuff that's never going to get used, right? And right. we all know those stats that 60, 70% of the software produced rarely gets touched, right? Right. So and that's the tremendous opportunity to be more productive. Right. Make sure you understand your, your customers' goals and, and what business value means to them. That's right. And all the way through, right? All the way down to engineers writing yeah. code, right? It's not just business analyst job. It's not just a product manager job. If mm-hmm. developers cannot articulate, you know, why they're building something and quality assurance folks or yeah. whoever is doing the testing, right? We're all wearing multiple hats yeah. and not testing to the business value. Yeah. Then do you have any, uh, do you have any special advice for how people all the way down to the engineers can get aligned with what the business value is? I think uh, interacting with the customer mm-hmm. is actually a very, very powerful thing. Yeah. So, uh, Currently at HealthEdge, we have probably more than 10 different companies mm-hmm. calling into our sprint reviews. Oh, wow. And I'm talking about, you know, representatives from Aetna, Tufts, yeah. Blue Cross Blue Shield. Yeah. Every couple of weeks, these people take time out of their day to call in and okay. talk to our engineering teams and see what they built and uh-huh. provide feedback. Uh-huh. And sometimes sprint review is sufficient. Sometimes, you know, they schedule a quick follow up and say, we really want to dig in. Mm-hmm. We need a little bit more time. Right. So, and it's, it's been very exciting, you know, right. hearing that, that roll call in the beginning of the sprint review, right? It's oh, not wow. just your product owner from HealthEdge yeah. watching things. It's... So you got your, your actual customers are joining your sprint reviews, the yeah. engineers working on the product during that sprint. Every couple of weeks, they are getting firsthand contact with your customers. You bet. So they know by talking to the customers. Customers are letting them know uh, what, what's important to them, and that's keeping everybody on track. You bet. And uh, it takes a little while for everyone to... Get used to that, right? <laughs> yeah. Because it's you know it's a little bit more pressure, right? You know you have to. Uh, it's a little scary. <laughs> get get ready. You know, first couple people were. What if we are not finished? What if something yeah. happens? And the great thing about it is, if you are not finished, there is another one in two weeks. Right. Right. We'll show you more. Right. Yeah. This is the. You know, this has been you know pretty powerful. That short feedback cycle, mm-hmm. you know, that comes with safety of saying. We didn't miss a 12 months commitment, right? It's, right. you know, we figured a couple of things in these two weeks. This is what we've shown you. Mm-hmm. If you would like to install that increment in your environment, you're welcome to. Yeah. And in a couple of weeks, we'll show you, we'll show you something else. That's really cool. So, yeah. And, um, you know, but we also need to work with developers, right? Because yeah. uh, there is a lot of sentiment in, you know, engineering community where I'm just, you know, here to write code. Yeah. 
And, uh, you know, sometimes we have to work with individuals to convince them that um, you are actually a better developer if you understand enough, right? You don't have to be yeah. expert in the domain, but you need to understand enough to, yeah, to be effective and make good decisions. I've had, as we've been talking, I've had this, this phrase in my head that we use in the Agile community about... Uh, Building the right thing or, or writing the right code. Yep. You can write any code you want all day long. It's fun to write code. And we want to make sure we're writing the right code for what our customers care about. Right. And eventually it, it does get old. Like, you know, one of the things about being at Health Age for, you know, over a decade, <laughs> you know, I've seen, um, you know, a lot of, you know, projects, people are starting, moving on. Yep. And you can see that. Just building code in the Scrum, you sort of get into this, you know, there is a term, right, feature factory, yeah. <laughs> where you're pumping out things, you know, you're delivering your two sprint increments. But if you don't see it in action, yeah. if you don't get that feeling of somebody benefiting from it, mm -hmm. it just becomes a grind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So even call teams that felt like that, yeah. <laughs> yeah, even people who say, I just want to write code, you know, eventually that engagement yeah. disappears yeah. right whereas people who are involved with the customer you know even if it feels a little strange at first mm -hmm. in the long term um do better yeah well great uh is there anything else you'd like to add uh i would also throw the um, you know sort of the because we are working with the software engineering you know, technical excellence, you know, mm -hmm. should be, should not be neglected. Sure. So you brought up the building the right thing. Mm -hmm. There is a second part to that sentence, right? We also want to build the right thing right. Yeah. So, um, you know, to be, um, to be agile, to be moving quickly, you know, technical debt eventually will, will get you down mm -hmm. um, and you cannot move as, as fast as you would like for your customers. Right. So, um, you know, there's a lot of things you talk about on your podcast in terms of psychological safety about the teams, mm -hmm. but you also need to uh, pay attention to the, um, to the technical angles and right. make sure that the team has the right technical skills and the time and the room to kind of perfect their craft and uh, stay up to, uh, up to date with their, mm -hmm. um, the latest uh, technology that helps them. Is there anything support. concrete that, that some of your teams are doing to keep their technical skills up, up to par? Uh, it's, um, you know, a lot of it is, so we do, um, we do trainings, mm -hmm. right? So we do the, you know, we do brown bags, we mm -hmm. do the, the knowledge sharing. We do a lot of, um, you know, pair programming, mm -hmm. mob programming. Um, you know, that's something that I found, you know, works really well. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, it's one thing to say, okay, Richard, go ahead and, you know, start writing harnesses for your code to make sure that you can do the unit tests. Right. And if Richard never did it in his life, it would take him a while to get started. Uh -huh. um, you know, the way that worked better for me was, Richard, why don't we, uh, would you like to pair program? On a um, you know unit test framework, I'll you know can share a few tips about Mojito or whatever your framework of choice is. Yeah, you spend a couple of hours with the person, and then they're off and running. Mm -hmm. um, so and 
you know, the I also, you know, encourage people to stay on top of these things because there is so much information out there on the web. Right. Companies like Google, Facebook, they open source their stuff. They produce free training courses on a variety of topics, mm-hmm. you know. I don't know what we would do without Stack Overflow. <laughs> so there is um, the knowledge is uh, is out there f- to be acquired. So we just need to uh, keep that in mind. Yeah. Give people time to give people time to practice it. To, to that's right. It up. Yeah, that's right. And practice is uh, is a good thing, right? Sometimes uh, you know it's hard to you know if you have a a large project that you're joining, mm-hmm. it's hard to bring that practice in. Yeah right into the core of the production code. So the the art is to find, you know, find an angle, right? Mm -hmm. Find the small problem, separate it, surround it with unit tests, get it to 90 plus percent unit test coverage, Mm -hmm. get the continuous build for it, get the continuous deployment, and then go, okay, now that we've done it on the small scale, how do we bring it into the... Into a more complex domain. Yeah. Right. If listeners want to contact you, is there a way for them to do that? Absolutely. Um, you can find me on uh, LinkedIn, Twitter. Mm-hmm. You know, Facebook is a little bit more uh, personal. Uh, <laughs> so if you want to uh, follow my skiing adventures, uh, <laughs> you can uh, do the Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn is more professional. Um, Richard, we'll throw a few links into the yeah, show sure. notes, I believe. I would also encourage uh, listeners to check out HealthEdge at healthedge.com. Mm-hmm. We have insights and blogs about the um, you know, industry, the trends, where you know, healthcare is going. Yeah. We would like to think of ourselves as um, you know, thought leaders you know, in, the, in that area, even if you're not using our software today. Yeah. Hopefully you will find some things to um, to think about. Yeah. And uh, our CEO, you can also find HealthEdge on Twitter and um, LinkedIn as well. Also, our CEO, Steve Krupper, has a podcast called Breaking Health yeah. that I would like to take this opportunity <laughs> to plug. Uh, yeah, sure. He interviews, uh, you know, C-level executives from health plans, from the startups in healthcare space. So it's all about transformational yep. change uh, in healthcare. So you should feel free to check that out as well. Definitely. I, I, I love Steve. I love the name of the podcast, Breaking Health. It's, it's really fun stuff. Uh, Eugene, thanks so much for braving the snowstorm this morning and stopping by. It's been great having you here. Richard, it's been great to catch up and uh, let's uh, make sure it's not another year before we we chat again. Thank you very much. Hi, friends. Thanks for listening. And remember, to support this podcast, sign up for my newsletter at kasparowski.com.